Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I think we're all of the same mind in that beer as a drink gets a bad rip. You know, mm-hmm. all through the 90s, lager louts, blah, As blah, 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 drink brow, 10 pints. Yeah, that's it, lowbrow, um, drink 10 pints, you know, it's all linked with bad behaviour and, and angry men. And whereas even through this, this last decade, I've seen such a renaissance, such a change, so many more microbreweries producing beautiful beers that match wonderfully with food. and And it's kind of moved apace with the food renaissance and how a lot of people are foodies who care about the provenance of their food and drink. You are listening to the Dope Black Moms podcast. On today's podcast, I am joined by award-winning journalist, broadcast for the BBC, podcaster, senior lecturer, Marvareen Cole. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? Hello, hello, how are you? Oh, good, thank you. It's a busy, busy day. Busy, um, busy. Well, I'm I'm grateful to have you here. Thanks so much for for being here. And thanks for asking me. You're welcome. And I love that you can just reel off all of that. Journalist, broadcast, BBC, podcast, a senior lecturer. It's just, it's impressive. And and can't forget the time that you spent at Channel 5 and Sky News. Awesome, awesome. But what I wanted to talk to you today is about everything else you do. So mm-hmm. with your beer, beer beauty. And mm-hmm. I just saw um, joining the board of directors at Birmingham Royal Ballet. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Thank and I you. think um, it's great to see you in these spaces. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. Thank you. Yeah. So right from the beginning, Birmingham, born and bred. What was childhood like for you? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> childhood for me, um, brought up in mainly in South Birmingham. My mum, two older brothers. Um, we had um, an interesting start in life because the first few years of all of our lives, we um, had some private schooling. Okay. Um, and uh, my brothers went on to grammar school. I went on to a, like a, a state school that had just changed into a state school from a grammar school so what was really cool about that was you know all the teachers were the same it was the same like grammar school standard teaching just the name had changed um and and how was private school as a young black girl how was that I was just I was very little so I think it was from about three to five years old um I loved it um I didn't get any I don't remember but you know, I don't remember any anything bad any negative happening. No, right? I, I really don't. I I was I was such a nerd, right? I mm-hmm. love my books and everything. I love the like daily spelling tests and stuff like that. And one of the best moments was where because I went to school in the seventies, where they would show TV schools programs in the day, <laughs> and they would wheel in this massive television that was like on legs. Oh, I could see really it on one of those trolleys. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. 
yeah, it was brilliant. They'd wheel in the telly and um God it wouldn't happen in school these days, but they'd they'd bring out um like a little tray of sweets. You know when you used to go to the shop when you were a kid and get your pick and mix for ten P? Yeah. So they would bring out a tray and it would have like the little mice and the shrimps and the chews and little things and you could choose a Did little they have the vampire teeth? You know I what? loved the vampire teeth. I never... Or the um, cola cubes. The cola cubes, yes. Love I don't those. remember the vampire teeth. Cola cubes, yes. And the strawberry shoestrings. Yeah, yeah. Love the apple ones as well. Yeah. So li- literally in school, they would bring out the tray. You'd pick a little selection. So you could sit and eat those while watching, watching TV. Rupert the Bear or oh. like Words and Pictures or something like that. It was amazing. <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing that. That was not all day, of course, but it was like a little section of the day that was like your playtime day. And that for me, and of course, um, again, showing my age, the little bottle of milk, full fat milk with the silver top with the straw, yeah. and you'd have to like dab the straw into the top of the milk and Good have times, that. You'd have your milk yeah. every day. Uh, it's crazy to think about it, that that happened back then. So um, school feels feels happy feels good for you school was good for me all the way through like as as a very little one through into primary school had a lot of friends um I was in the guitar group at school um from must have been about the age of seven through to 13 so I was good at music read music um a brilliant guitar teacher came along and said you know whoever wants lessons my mum got me like a, a classical guitar from the catalogue must have been about 13 pounds right really mm. inexpensive one and we'd have weekly lessons and then about seven of us in a group we, we were part of the classical school group so we would play concerts into school wow. concerts and go around <laughs> different schools in the midlands playing well look at little pieces. you wow. <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy the sad thing is you know what nina i've lost that skill um your guitar playing yeah because can you still um, read music I can't I'm gutted mm. yeah I, I I had to stop well I didn't have to stop it's a choice I made at the age of 13 because I was I was very academic and my guitar lessons with the teacher who'd come into school every week um they clashed with my history class right oh, I had to make a and, choice mm, and I enjoyed history even though I look back now and clearly history lessons were not perfect because there was no black history being taught in there right but I I enjoyed the classes as they were and um yeah I had to make a choice and uh, you know I said to my mom I don't really want to miss those classes and, and not get um my marks and stuff um for guitar so I gave it up mm. And you could have been like the next Jimi Hendrix. We just will never, the world will never see that now. I could have been the next her, right? Did you see she did a brilliant, I just saw a picture of her the other day, like with a guitar playing with some rock guy. I was like, that's oh. a coolness. Yeah, yes. that's really pure, cool. Pure joy. Yeah, that is. When, yeah, when I grow up, I want to be her. I want to be her. Yeah. So beautiful yeah. and talented. And what was your relationship with your mum growing up? Oh, my mum is my inspiration, my yeah. guide, my North Star. Yeah, I would, she is. Oh, I would not be the woman I am today without her. And, you know, I'm not saying it was perfect, because obviously when you get to teenage and your hormones and whatever, we clashed. 
yeah and we argued um but her well basically give you a quick part of history of her so she came to Jamaica when she was in her early sorry came from Jamaica mm-hmm. to the West Midlands in her early 20s um, and where in she, Jamaica was she coming from she was from Montego Bay nice nice um and she came to be a nurse here so she worked in certain coalfield and West Bromwich hospitals um the usual story kind of stayed yeah. with family etc um met my dad my dad was a builder worked for various building firms um and she was always well they were both always kind of um very insistent on education you know mm-hmm. and the education was key and because my dad did so well as a builder that's how in the early days of our education we he was able to pay for us to for me to go to prep school as a little one right and my brothers to go to boarding school early early days and then um things changed and you know he left and so it was mom looking after all of us so that's when we moved into state schools and stuff so yeah. our education started we had a kickstart I'd say um mm-hmm. and kind of blessed in that way um because you know when I look at the documentary subnormal and what happened to people of my generation yeah you know being deemed as educationally subnormal at schools and sent to special in inverted commas special schools how horrifying god how what it does horrifying totally what it, it cripples your confidence your self-worth and that affects you that that trauma affects you throughout life mm, your future mm. relationships the ability to go and push for a promotion or even mm. get a job that you were worthy for it mm. it it is a game changer yeah yeah and yeah, it's completely. um it's beyond shame you know that is it's it's awful it's awful mm. so yeah. much loss there losing you know future engineers scientists big thinkers dreamers you know that whole mm. 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 all gone yeah. all gone so was there was there a big you said there, you said there was a push on the importance of education yeah so that's right yes yeah, so and my mom and dad were always you know get your education Mm-hmm. Um, and even though you know my dad did well and enabled us to have that kind of boost we was that does not mean that we were <laughs> you know some people might say today that we were middle class by no means you know we started life in Aston mm-hmm. um, in area of Birmingham that you know is majority um, black uh, black Caribbean heritage background um we didn't have anything, you know, um, extra special to anybody else other than, you know, we went to those schools for a bit. Yeah. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so my mum was always, get your education and just make mm-hmm. sure you get to... She always wanted us to consider university, um, but obviously, you know, her her and my dad had never never been to university, so... Of course. Um, we would try. So my older brother like my middle brother, because me, I'm the youngest, and Fitz and Tony. Fitz went to uni, went to Leeds, studied mechanical engineering. Um, Tony didn't fancy it, didn't want to go, just went into work, went into kind of computer engineering, um, programming, that sort of thing. And I went um, half-heartedly, Nina. <laughs> I went half-heartedly because... Oh, go on then. I was I was good at school, but... I was such a home bird. I loved being at home. I was very timid, 
shy young girl. It's hard to believe when you look at the kind of career I've had as a broadcaster and stuff, right? The most, I did not want to leave home. And where did you go? In the end, end, I forced myself because all my other friends were going off to uni, some to London, you know, Manchester. I was like, wow, you lot are brave. I'm not that brave. I basically chose Leicester, um, De Montfort University in Leicester, because (laughs) purely because of the fact that you could get a coach and it would take an hour to get there. So I was thinking, right, so weekends, I can come back every weekend you know, to yeah. be in the bosom of my mum, like, um, yeah. and I was so homesick, and I hated university, I hated university. And did you stay the three years? Was I three did, years you know what, it was a, it was a four-year course, like, a, in the olden days, I had a sandwich course, so you did a, a year out in industry, in the middle of it, and so you did two years of uni, then you did your year of work, then you came back for your final year, um, and, um, when I look back at my diaries now, uh, I, I actually cry because I wrote diaries Aww. through uni and the, the depth of despair that I was in um, in those mouth. times. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, on, the only thing that helped me survive were friends I, I met through the ACF, ACS, Great. Af- African Caribbean Society, right? Game changer. Believe that. And mm-hmm. they are my friends to this day. We're awesome. All Isn't group. that what they a came gift! To my wedding. Yeah. Oh my days. Yeah. Those days. That is beautiful. Yeah. They helped me survive, um, and you know they they were my true friends, and you know some of us shared a house together. We went to we went to the house parties and were bogling and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the parties in the nineties. Um, they helped me survive that 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 course. Mm. So, so four years at De Montfort. Mm. How? Where does? Beer come into all of this. Beer come in. Beer came in so much later down the line, really. Um, so my degree was a business studies degree. Then in, I'd say most of my twenties, I bumbled around doing not a fat lot. I, I, I wanted. <laughs> 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 I was island hopping around. Yeah, I was jumping around the Caribbean. I went on like <laughs> I like worked in Bella Pasta. Oh, when, wow. it, when it was Bella Pasta, not Bella Italia. Mm-hmm. And I um, saved up my tips and got um, got on a plane and, and island hopped the West Indies. That's amazing. Yeah, oh. with a backpack. Oh, that is fantastic. Weed. How beautiful. <laughs> some weed, it, was. Oh, <laughs> it was. You... It was. It was game changing. Yeah, Do you know what? That's, that's so brave of you. And it's I brave admire of my you mom. so much. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. She'd be like, oh, we are going. Literally. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's what my, I think it, my mom saying that to me would have stopped me going. Um, but yeah. I didn't, I wasn't even brave enough to even consider that, Nina. So more power to you, man, seriously. Aww. So you're um, jumping around in your 20s. Yeah, I bumbled around. I was a, because I did a business studies degree. Um, I loved listening to the radio and I knew I wanted to be in media, but I couldn't break through. Applied for all sorts of jobs in the BBC and this and that and the other. And, did little radio shows at the weekends and stuff like that but basically I was a secretary for most of my 20s um uh, drank partied and built up debts right it was it's not pretty good times um it's terrible when I look back it's terrible <laughs> then my dad's words ringing in my ears saying you must get a master's you must get a master's so I basically did a postgraduate in broadcast journalism actually at the uni that I now lead journalism. Isn't that uh, a nice weird. circle? Nice circle, nice yeah. circle. Um, 
Um, so beer came in, let's see, say 10 years ago. Um, so that was um, after, I think after I finished my con- first contract at Sky and when I was a news anchor and I was freelancing as a journalist looking for stories. Um, so beer, my interest in beer came about through my journalism and I was just really interested following one particular story that I produced as a TV feature, but it made me obviously go and try real ale. Which and, in the and so past, before before this, in your twenties, what were you drinking? A scrumpy Jack, mate. Of course, scrumpy Jack, Bacardi yeah. Breezer, K Cider, <laughs> all of them ones when I was going yeah. out clubbing. Um, yeah. Beer was not on the agenda. Um, if it was, yeah. it was it was Stella with lemonade in it. Of course, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah, make yeah. it more palatable. Just move that out. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> and when it came to like trying real ale, I was. My, my boyfriend at the time um, loved real ale and his brother and, and he was like you know you've got to try this stuff and I was trying it for research to produce this tv feature and it actually just blew my mind because I didn't realize that real ale is totally different to your lager you know mm-hmm. you, the lagers that you normally find in the supermarkets on the bar Stella's Carlings all that sort of stuff real ale is totally different Nice. There's, there's thousands of different beers, different aromas, uh, tropical fruit aromas, flavors. Um, a whole new world. Oh, yeah, a yeah, whole, a new, whole world new world of beer. Yeah. yeah. So I started writing about it from there, really. I started blogging um, and doing like a video blog. So whenever I go to events, you know, I'd interview brewers and stuff and do brewery tours and just kind of charted my own journey about what I was learning about beer and just trying to. Uh, help other people learn about beer basically yeah um, and and when you're doing these events and you're going to these places and you're speaking to these breweries are there any other black people around you anywhere in sight no <laughs> you're the only one in the village yeah and and the only time uh, the, the the biggest guy at the time was Garrett Oliver in a, in the U.S. um who uh, was who actually himself came to uni uh, when he was 18 and his mind was blown by real ale and craft beer and he went back to America and just you know produced beers worked with Brooklyn Brewery and all that sort of thing and he was like the god and I remember he came to an event in Sheffield like an industry event Ciba X and I met him there for the first time and it was wild (laughs) it was just like (laughs) oh my god um, but no, I only black woman um, for as long as I can remember in that space. But what I what I'll always remember is everybody, brewers, landlords, um, other beer writers, the whole like beer writing community just welcomed me with open arms because oh, that's lovely. Yeah, that's lovely. But you know what's nice about it is because. I think we're all of the same mind in that beer as a drink gets a bad rip. Mm-hmm. You know, all through the 90s, lager louts, blah, as blah, 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 drinking brow, 10 pints. Yeah, that's it, lowbrow, um, drink 10 pints, you know, it's all linked with bad behaviour and, and angry men. And whereas even through this, this last decade, I've seen such a renaissance, such a change, so many more microbreweries producing beautiful beers that, match wonderfully with food and and it's kind of moved a pace with the food renaissance and how a lot of people are foodies who care about the provenance of their food and drink 
Um, and I think a lot more people are switching on to craft beer, you know, lovingly crafted because it is a craft. I don't just mm-hmm. say that for using it as to make it sound posh. It's a craft. It's an art. It's a science to produce the the incredible beers that you you can you can get in supermarkets and from your local bottle shop and from your local microbrewery and your no, local micropub. Um, yes, so much yeah. goes into it. So mm. you're the only black woman in sight, mm. and they open you with with loving warm arms and accept you. Mm. Did you get any backlash from family? The black community, anybody uh, just like, what are you doing? Beer? Or yeah, people think it's odd. Just, right. <laughs> people do people go, What? You're you're into beer. You're and, and I I was one of the first few women back in twenty twelve, was it, to become an accredited beer sommelier um with the, the UK beer academy. Um, which is, you know, if you I take, had any you, sounds, I'd do exams. some like fire. Hey, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's that's big though. That's oh. big, and, it, and it's good. It's good to celebrate and talk about. That's why I asked: was there any negativity or any backlash? Mm-hmm. Because it can make people feel uncomfortable if you're doing something new or different or fresh as a woman and as a black woman. Mm. It's good to see you in these spaces. It's good for us to see you in these spaces. It's mm-hmm. good for our children to see you in these spaces you know it it widens it widens your thinking doesn't it so people were just coming back to you just some people were like oh it's quite odd like you're into beer what do you mean like tell me more that's usually the, the the first question um and only very occasionally on twitter or comments on my blog where i've had um have you you know have you tried this beer or why didn't you talk about this beer and it's like there are tens of thousands of beers mm-hmm. in this country in across Europe across the world I do not know every single beer made by every single brewery I definitely have not tasted every single one but some people assume then that you have and that you're not doing your job if you didn't know <laughs> know about right. xyz beer which is kind of like you need to understand the world the beer world is massive <laughs> Um, the production yeah. of beer is huge um and so those are the only things really my family not really bothered I think generally my family are like oh well, that's nice my mom's like oh that's nice that's good let me have a look at your column right because I do like a uh quarterly column in BBC Good Food magazine um recommending my beer my favorite planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Beers of the moment. That's um, great. That seems like a really nice journey. Mm, yeah, that's no, really nice. Nice. And with your joining the board of directors at the Birmingham Royal Ballet, again, another traditionally white space, historically white, the, mm. the, the world of ballet um, it can be quite elitist. I mean, I remember going to ballet classes myself. Did when you? I was young. Yeah, oh. I, well, I went to stage school and um, I remember being in ballet and like being the only black girl and all the um, exams I used to come with my hair came road and I get told off because it wasn't proper exam ballet hair. Mm. And they'd be like, your bum sticking out because I couldn't put my bum underneath to oh, make like, that's the proper my ballet posture. Sake, it's actually it? my bum and I can't oh. change my physique. Um, and flat footed, so I couldn't point. So again, I think it's a great, great appointment that you were on the board of directors. How was, how did that come about? Um, so I think I was I was recommended. I was approached by uh, the chair saying that someone um, I think actually it was the, the 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 mayor of the West Midlands who I've worked with on some projects suggested sure. me as um, you do as you do, but um, <laughs> which was really kind. And I was oh that's oh thank you for approaching me. And obviously you go through the full application process, so it is not hey we want you whatever. There's a, there's always a full process with with any like any job right um and obviously it's it's not a paid role it's an advisory role being on a on a board um yeah but I had um some key conversations with you, you know the, the the members of the top team just about what they do in terms of outreach um outreach to audiences and outreach to young people in this city um because Birmingham is it's either 48 or 49% black, Asian and minority ethnic population. Um, I say either or on the number because I can't grasp, I can't get hold of the ONS figures right now to confirm that, but you can go and look more. But there's a lot of people. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, and and BRB, even though it's it's called Birmingham Royal Ballet, it's an international um, organisation. We have, you know, um, followers and, and audiences from around the world and it tours around the UK as well, although the home is here and has been for more than 30 years. Um, you know, what excites me is what they have done in the past around these kind of um, activities to engage local people and try and pipeline potential dancers from very from a very young age through into Great. the main company. Great. And, you know, for one, one of the big things for me was the new director, I say new, he joined in January 2020 just for lockdown. So really he's still new to people because lockdown obviously kiboshed performances of course. right yeah carlos acosta everything lock world, off right yeah. everything lock off but the new director carlos acosta the world-renowned i mean if you don't know the Cuba, man please if you don't know the man check him out please yeah, yeah so you know i mean that in itself was one of the main drivers that's major that's yeah. major yeah. yeah 
and for Birmingham that, you know, Britain's second city, him being with us with this magnificent organisation at a time where we're going to have the time of our lives next year with Commonwealth Games coming 2022. And, and, you know, I've been giving some insight into some of the incredible plans, shows, ideas that Carl has to drive the, the, the company through. And so I'm just so honoured to be part of those discussions. That is um, great. I am so glad you were in that room. Thank it, you. It, honestly, it, it does make a difference because I'm sure there are many young girls out there, young boys who are going through ballet. And when it was my time you're just you're just the only one in the room Mm -hmm. so it's great to see a Cuban man Mm. at the head and having this great diverse board pushing through conversation trying and implementing changes it's 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 what we need to see like it's really important for children to be able to see this you're so right and and from from you know BRB are doing exactly what every organization should be doing is is, is ensuring that their board is is diverse, diverse. you know Sh- yeah. Sharina Ingram and Christina Demu also join me as another two black women on the board and and you again know, awesome yeah yeah it's, it's fantastic to be part of yeah, it and, uh, and the journey's uh, just beginning <laughs> there you go well I'm really really interested to see everything you do there it's just it's really really awesome awesome thank to you. hear thank you so I'm glad to hear no massive negative backlash. Um, that's great. I mean, maybe times are changing. Maybe women and black women being in these spaces isn't isn't what it used to be. Do you know, it's really interesting because having worked in the media for, you know, my, my media career spans something like 30 plus years. And I remember um, when I set out wanting to be a presenter, a broadcaster on the radio, being journalism, I knew um, that it was going to be very, very difficult to be in the spaces that I wanted to be in because I only saw, I saw Floella Benjamin, Dame Floella, or is it yeah. Baroness Floella? Um, forgive One me, of the two. Floella, Definitely if you hear Dame. this and go, yeah. she got it wrong. <laughs> right? I remember seeing her on play school and just thinking, wow. Okay, yeah. this, could, this could be possible. I also remember being very much motivated by Sir Trevor McDonald and Moira Stewart yeah. and going, yeah. okay, so they're in these authoritative spaces. Could I do it? Uh, potentially, yeah. if they can, I'm going give it, to give it my all. Um, but that said, still, you know, a lot of the roles I've done in journalism, I've pursued, you know, I've, I've kind of presented myself to organisations and said, hi, here I am. This is what I do. As um, in you had the you... feeling that you had to push extra hard. You had well, to present yourself. You had to go and get it. Just there are a lot of jobs out there that exist that are not advertised. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there is the kind of it is about who you know, not what you know. There's some of that too. But also if you feel you've got the skills and the attributes to work for an organisation, just flag yourself up to them. You know, there's yeah. no harm in that because that's what I did. That's what I did with with Sky, and I had conversations with them, and then they said, "Come and work for us, right? Just come and work for us." Um, I did that with the Rise. Uh, you know, I met Five News. Um, I went out of my way to to go to to, to you know to to go to these meetings. Um, so, as I, long I, as you... I think that that is radical, you know. Though do you think? I think, well, <laughs> I do. Yeah, I think that is you. That's you doing that. And I don't think that is 
you know, I'm not sure everybody's capable of doing that mm. um, without seeing it. So, mm. you know, seeing the plethora of, of black faces and black female faces that we now have from TV could inspire people. But when there's only, you know, you, you counted off three people, mm. Mm. Moira, you know, th- talk about a handful of people to see that and still push through. I think that takes gumption and guts yeah totally so I think I do I do think that's brave and it, and again and amazing that it paid off which is brilliant thank you and and do you know what even though in those times when there were few about I just I always knew that okay so there's few there's few black people here and there now I know that means I'm gonna have to bring some skills to mm-hmm. try and be in those spaces so I always did my best to try and you know, be, be, um, you know, be a good journalist, do everything that was needed of me in a role that an editor asked of me to deliver, I always tried to deliver, not half heartedly, but with full with my chest, right? So I had the skills to then be able to step up and go, uh, now, hello, I think I could do this for you. What do you think? Um, what I think is, is really poignant, um, and a real obvious change in the media is obviously, the catalyst of, of George, George Floyd's murder last May, you know, yeah. that sparked uh, the huge Black Lives Matter movement worldwide. And mm-hmm. I've seen... Everyone we've understood all seen, that we, there is racism. It does right? exist. Right. Yeah. Hello. And a, and a huge, a large amount of news and media organisations have seen that and are listening and are doing what they can to ensure that um, there are more black people more visible black people not just on screen but you know there's a long there's a long way to go behind the camera but yes that would be the next Mm, challenge that we need to see yeah but there are this there appear to be much bigger moves than ever before than I've ever witnessed in my time being in the media oh I totally agree as my my day job as a talent agent it, it shifted literally overnight mm. language Whoa. like suddenly we've got all this space for black families and black new mm. series regulars just all this space and money became available um yeah overnight language we're looking for black this black that black that. it's it's awesome awesome and females and and everything more exclusivity and diversity across the board yeah. brilliant in front of the camera obviously still a lot of work behind the camera mm. and i just hope that this this passion and this pressure continues. I was going to ask you that. How do you yeah. feel about wh- how, how lasting this change could be? Because that's my only reservation. Um, yeah. Not knocking, you know, those organisations who are really kicking it out, you know. Um, mm. But what, what do you think about the possibility of that change being lasting? Well, well day to day, it's still, it's still strong. There are still tons more roles out there. Um, more diverse roles, which is which is beautiful to see. Um, behind the camera, I'd like to see some changes because that that does affect thinking and affect narratives. Um, and just in general, the media is one place. I think we all have to keep keep the pressure on to keep to keep it as we want to see it. Mm. But um, I think everywhere else, everyone else that hashtagged and was talking about donations and. Like, let's follow up. Where has the money gone? What have you done? Mm-hmm. Your, your policies that you were so proud to post and stand there 
with your blackouts and, and everything, are you actually doing these things? Have you changed your hiring team? Are you looking outside the box with your hiring team? Like it's down to the nitty gritty and keeping that pressure on and all the petitions we've signed, all the money that we've donated, just following up with all of that. Because yeah. I can see what's happening in the industry and I can see there's also more funding and more initiatives for for writers, which is awesome. Yeah, and I black female it. writers, oh, awesome. Yeah. So that's where it all, all starts. And if funding's available, great. I can see those those projects happening and obviously that takes a while from start to completion but I'd like to see if it's kind of filtered out because it's a fun hashtag isn't it it's, mm, it's a good thing to yeah, say it's yeah. a nice thing to say you're aware and and we and support yeah but what that's does that, it what does that support mean practically yeah that's it that's what I'd like to see and and I think mm. that's really important just to just to keep that pressure on because it's so easy to say in the ear of in the era of social media it's mm. it's can be throwaway, isn't it? You can just just chuck that out there mm. on Twitter and then not actually be held accountable. Mm. Yeah. Um, Do you know but, it's really interesting? Mm. Just just off the top of my head, just thinking about you know the work I do as an academic. I imagine there are academics somewhere in this country who are doing some examinations around that and and going. Well, so you said this last year. Now, what have you actually done? I'd love um, to see that report. I yeah. bet I, I'll bet you if it's not kind of um, uh, I know at oh, is it De Montfort? Lucy's going to kill me. I think it's either at De Montfort University or Leicester University. Without googling, there is um, the Stephen Lawrence Research Centre, um, mm-hmm. and they kind of look at some work like this. There's obviously the the Seleni Henry um, Centre for. Uh, media diversity based at my uni that I do a little bits and bobs of work with you know those are the kind of spaces where I think um, that kind of research needs to happen mm. totally I mm. think I think it's vital mm. anyone listening who mm-hmm. has the resources please get on it and send us your report send us your research because yeah I think I think only with that detailed research can we go back and then hold people accountable you said you were going to do this Look at all these stats. Let's get on it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Oh, so it, it does feel like a fresh time for women mm. and a fresh time for black women in these spaces. What advice can you give to help anyone who's out there looking to get into, and I say with quotes, traditional white spaces, historically white spaces, or or anything that feels out the box. Maybe they're the first in their family. Mm. Um, just pushing against those social norms. Any advice that you give to any black women listening? Do your research. And that is far more easy to do these days. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to sound like a right old fart, you know, with the <laughs> internet. Because when I was a kid looking at um, a career in journalism, it was you know, get on the bus, go to the Central Library in Birmingham, look through the books, photocopy the pages of information, yeah. take it home, read it. You Already can do that. That's long, isn't it? Right? Long. That is long. And you needed the dedication. Um, and also the careers advisor had no clue, right, at, the, at that time. This is decades ago. So now you've got research available at your fingertips about what a, a specific career looks like. You've got so many people in those jobs who are talking about how they did what they did, how they got to where they were, giving advice, offering time as mentors. You know, I mentor, I mentor for 12 years. Um, you know, so 
go and do the work to find out exactly what you need to do, the skills you need to um, cultivate and nurture and and hone to enable you to, um, you know, flag yourself up to, you know, the the director, the producer, the casting agent, the, the, you know, whoever, the hirers and firers, you got to do the work because ultimately every space in every industry really is competitive and if you're not as keen as as eager and as knowledgeable as those who probably have an easier pass because they've got a private education or they know you know their uncle or their aunt is already in the industry you know if you're not if you're not bringing the goods it's not going to work for you yeah um and that, I think that's all I can say, really. You've got to do the research. I think that's great advice. I think that's great advice. And and having mentored, any advice for mentees when they're reaching out? Because it sometimes can be a little bit cut and paste, can't it, when you just get these emails and it's like, I know you've emailed everybody. Mm. You're just cut and paste, like looking for this, looking for that. So any advice on how to approach someone that you would like to be mentored from? Yeah, I think you've got to understand because I think it is. it's it's important. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's hugely important. I it's a game changer, isn't it? It is a game changer. I I, I never had a mentor up until January this year, and, and ah. my mentor is amazing, um, and just gives offers me so many nuggets of advice. But you have to, as a mentee, be clear what it is you want to be mentored about. What part of your life are you needing help in? That's or, or it. I guidance think that's hard in. to knuckle down on, isn't it? Yeah, and whether that is, you know, how I handle myself in a professional workspace or how do I go about setting up my own business, how do I go about, um, you know, boosting my business, finding more customers, etc. whatever. What What is the problem that you're looking to try and solve? That's and it. Then you've got to figure that out first. You've got to do that work. The, yeah. the, the mentor can't fix that for you. So no. great that you've had a mentor from this year, but... Previously, is anything on your journey, any times that you you needed to hear or something you wish you'd heard from women, your mum, black women in your life, just along your journey? Anything for anybody listening now, anything that you wish? Try not to sweat the small stuff. Don't overthink things. Yeah. Um, you know, I always kind of carve my own path and um, don't try and please everybody unnecessarily. <laughs> oh, the disease to please. Thing. That yeah. is a yeah. tricky yeah. one, isn't it? That yeah. is deep, yeah. deeply embedded. That's hard. That's, that's it, hard. really. Um, nice. Nice. Yeah. I think that's perfect. I think that's great. That's great advice. Like I said, I just think it's really important to celebrate and showcase everything black women are doing and everything we continue to do. I think it's vital for us all to see this um, as women, as mothers, for our children. I think it's important to know that you can push against these norms. You can push against, you know, the, the, the these historical shackles. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it ultimately yeah. can shape how society views you, how you view yourself. And I think we need to keep on talking about it, keep on showing it, keep on celebrating it. Because then, you know, you might be inspiring the next beer sommelier. You might be inspiring somebody to come into broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we, you, you, you're, you're not going to know the legacy 
you'll never know the legacy of who who you've touched or who you've helped. I think you just have to keep on going and talking about it. Yeah, without a doubt. And whatever I would say my advice to, to black women who are like, I don't know what to do, where to go, just research and have a think about who you are, what skills you've got, where you want to be, and then try and find those mentors and try and get yourself on that own path. No one's going to do it for you. Decide if you're going to go for education, college, uni. When you're at uni, double down and just do the work and come out with the best degree you can. Because again, you know, the data shows that, particularly in journalism, I think it's only something like 8% of black, um, Asian and minority ethnic uh, journalism graduates, you know, get a job within the first six months compared to, you know, something like 16 or 20% odd of white graduates. So, you know, you you just got to work. It's unfair. Got to work so much harder. But um, it doesn't mean that you cannot make it but you have to be committed to whatever it is you want to do. That's it. Okay, quick fire round. What lesson has taken you the longest to learn? Um, speaking up when my emotional um, health um, and mental well-being has not felt right. Oh, that's a great one. Mm. I think to be able to analyse that in the first place, mm-hmm. that is a great one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in times of distress, when fear just grips you, what's your what's your go-to? What do you do? My go-to, I try and clear my mind and bring myself back to the present because fear sometimes is about you fearing some imaginary future that you can't control. Yeah. So you've got to yeah, just put it back. C- yeah, That could never, ever happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you're regurgitating some historic event that has happened and you just have to stop doing that because, as again, it. you can't control it. Just repeating um, that pattern, yeah. Um, so yeah, I might retreat into you know I'm not the best person around food and <laughs> I comfort food. You know, I'm yeah. not. Uh, I bit of emotional food. eating, bit of ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I'm watching you know trashy telly. Yeah. Mm. And lastly, what intentional time will you be spending on yourself this week? oh yeah Ooh. you know the weekend weather's meant to be amazing in yes Birmingham, like really hot temperatures I'm gonna lay out the blanket on the grass and I'm gonna sunbathe my face off top up the melanin bliss um, <laughs> that sounds like bliss oh, and I can't wait listen to some oh. jazz music in the background and just good soul chill, food have a drink um I think Hopefully, have some beer. Have some beer. I think Austin's probably going to do a barbecue. My husband will have some food. We'll just chill. That perfect quality time for self. Oh, that will keep you going. Mm-hmm. And lastly, anybody listening who might be struggling with pursuing their purpose, any words of advice? I think if your purpose is an itch that you constantly feel you have to scratch, that you cannot put it down, that, you know, bothers you, wakes you up in the night, something that really drives you, which is what working in the media and broadcasting and journalism was to me, then you have to keep going and keep building. You have to keep learning, you know, teaching yourself, um, learning from others, gaining skills and knowledge um, and not expecting things to come to you because they won't you do Hmm. have to go and try and make your opportunities and make things happen um, and not be closed off to learning from others who are older or younger than you um, and growing and developing if you're if you're resistant to that 
ain't gonna work for you sorry great advice mm. I think we can be so dismissive can't you mm. of the elderly and the young mm. so mm. It, you know you can you want to keep on learning we are constantly learning we're constantly evolving constantly developing and that knowledge that little nuggets of clarity can come from anywhere so you know what you want to stay open so what's next for you what's next um gosh uh <laughs> I've got a couple of things. I'm doing a little bit of work with Tom Kerridge on uh, with BBC Good Food, and we've got some um, we've got some online webinars which actually are going to appear as podcasts later in the year. So right. we have been talking about how to um, how to pull off the best barbecue, um, how to cook steak well, pastry pies and pastry beer, cooking with beer, um, all sorts of things. So um, yeah, that's happening. Um, if you're around at BBC Good Food shows later in the year as well in November, I might be doing some beer tastings live, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, if you want to come to Birmingham, but also Birmingham Royal Ballet will be touring. There are some brilliant shows. Please go and try. Even if you've thought, ballet, what am I Ballet's doing for me. ballet, man? Yeah. Honestly, challenge your perceptions and go and book to see a Birmingham Royal Ballet show. I, I urge you. Um, that would be stunning that would be stunning. you know right and I'm and I'm really selling myself here and I'm selling Birmingham please try mm-hmm. and get yourself Hard. a ticket to Hard. come to yeah. Commonwealth Games next year it's going to be amazing <laughs> our city is stunning it's beautiful it's full of incredible people please come and see our city please come and enjoy the sport um anything else for me I don't think so at the moment that's a, I mean you do, you, you're enough. good that's a, that's good that's good and how can we stay connected with everything you're up to oh gosh so I'm always on Twitter it's my preferred social media so I am TV you know like television so I'm TV Marv TV M-A-R-V um all my beer chat I do um at on on Twitter at beer beauty because I like to spread the word about the beauty in beer um and yeah, I am on Instagram. I'm not as good as all the millennials and the Gen um, Zs, to be fair, but on Instagram, I'm TV Marv as well. <laughs> thank you so much. You've been trying to do this for ages, and I, and I appreciate your time. And just thanks so much for sharing, open up, and telling us all about everything you've been up to. It's been lovely to sit down with you. Thank you for asking me. Really honoured, and um, uh, I hope it wasn't too boring for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Gorgeous. And anybody listening, if you'd like to join the Dope Black Mums private Facebook group, please search Dope Black Mums on Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and please follow on all socials at Dope Black Mums. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. Dope Black Mums. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.